message, I'd recommend that you take the opportunity to go back on our website and find that message from May the 6th. It's very easy to find on our website. Listen to that again. I'm going to say some things today that I hope will be impactful in your understanding, that it will clear some things in your mind, and that some people will listen to the message of God as a word from God to them. You can take every part of this message today that you believe is for you, but you can take one other part and reject it, and that might be the very part that is most intended by the Spirit of the Lord for you. I want you to listen carefully this morning. Stay tuned in your attention. Because I'm going to say some things to you today that I believe are directly and pointedly from God. Things that I didn't really plan to say the last time. So I'm glad I'm getting this second opportunity to complete this message on this theme. I will obey. Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 23 and 24. Look at what God said there. Write this down if you don't have time to look it up. That's fine. But I'd like you to go back and consider it again beyond the time of my reading it this morning. The Lord says, this command I gave them, the command was this, Obey my voice and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. That's a formula. If we listen to what God says, we will be his people. Who is it that loves the Lord? Those who keep his commandments. That's what Jesus said. And if we walk in all the way that he has commanded us, it will be well with us. We will prosper and be blessed and be under the favor of God. But, but verse 24 says, but they did not obey or incline their ear. Instead, they walked in their own counsels. Walking in your own counsel means walking in your own wisdom. You know what's best. You know better than God knows. You make your decision, you're going to stand by it and live with it. No matter what the Lord tries to do, it, no matter how the Lord tries to direct you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And sometimes your counsel for yourself is not godly counsel. They walked in their own counsels, and the stubbornness of their evil hearts. Stubbornness is often misunderstood. People say, I'm determined. I won't give up. Well, it's all right if you're determined in a good thing that's of God. Not giving up is commendable if it's where God's put you. But if you've made up your mind, and I'm going to do this no matter what anybody tells me, what anybody says, and I won't change my mind no matter what counsel I get, no matter what the preacher says, no matter what the Word of God says, then you're just stubborn and complicit in the evil plan that the enemy has devised to bring your life down, to lower the standard of your life so that you're not living on the level of joy and peace and happiness and satisfaction and overcoming victory. Then I went on to talk to you about God re- 
rejecting Saul for his disobedience. I'm not going to recapitulate all of that because you can hear that if you want to. But that was one Saul. Saul, the king of Israel, was rejected by God, and he was rejected because of his disobedience. The answer to victory with the Lord is obedience. We say that almost every Sunday in this service, whether you pick up on it or not. I speak about obeying God. We do things here that we believe are obeying God. How do we know it's the word of God that we need to obey? Because his word says it. Saul knew he'd had a commandment from God, but he violated the commandment that God gave him through the prophet Samuel. And when he did that, he rejected the blessings of God, and then God rejected him because of his disobedience. And then another Saul came on the scene many years later. A man named Saul of Tarsus was on his animal, being transported to, from Jerusalem to the city of Damascus. He was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians, to harm them in every way he could, to destroy the followers and destroy the church of Jesus Christ in its infancy. That was Paul's commission, he believed. That was what God wanted him to do, he believed. And on this day that he was riding along on his way to Damascus on a dusty road, something miraculous happened. A great light suddenly blasted into the sky. And a great thunder occurred. And Saul fell off his animal. It was so so powerful. He fell off his animal onto the dusty ground. And while he was lying on the ground, he knew there was something supernatural going on. And he said, Who are you, Lord? Something had happened in his life so instantaneously, so powerfully. He wanted to know who was responsible. Who are you, Lord? And the answer came back to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And then Saul said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Now that's a terrible, terribly important question when you ask that of God. When you say, God, what will you have me to do? Be careful. He might tell you. And if he does, guess what? That obligates you to do it. You asked, you were told, you heard. You better get busy doing it. What would you have me to do? He said, go to the city of Damascus, complete your journey. When you get there, wait. Now, Saul was blind from this great flashing light. So he had to have someone take him by the hand and lead him into Damascus and led him to a place a house of a man named Simon on a street called Straight. That's where they left him. And for three days, he was there blind. He was praying. That's the first time he'd ever prayed to Jesus in his life. He didn't know anything except what the Lord Jesus was showing him. But as as Jesus showed him, he prayed out of a lot of ignorance, out of a lot of lack of knowledge. But God was getting ready for it. Now, now I'm, I'm talking about obeying God. So Saul obeyed God. He went all the way to Damascus. He sat down and waited for God to do something. And over here, because God spoke to Saul, over here a little ways away across the city, he spoke to another man. His name was Ananias. And Ananias was a godly man. 
He was a man who followed the Lord and sought the Lord, a man that the Lord knew would obey him. So he spoke to Ananias. And he said, Ananias, I want you to go over there to, to the house of, of uh, Simon on Straight Street. There's a man named Saul of Tarsus there, and you need to go pray for him. And Ananias said, whoa, whoa, I, I, I've heard about this man. He is a persecutor of all the believers in you, Lord. He, he came here, I've heard, with authorization to arrest Christians, to throw them in jail, to bind them up, to harm them and greatly damage your people, your body. He said, I, I, I'm a little reluctant to go over there. Now, I'm putting this in my words because I think I know Ananias pretty well because I've been there. Uh, Lord, that's not what I want to do. And so then the Lord told him, you've got to obey in faith. Did you know it takes faith to obey God? It takes faith. Because you've got to believe God's speaking to you. You've got to believe God's leading you. And you've got to be ready to do what God tells you to do, even if it's something you might not really want to do. Ananias didn't want to go over there to Simon's house. He didn't want to go over there and pray for Saul of Tarsus. He said, I'll pray for him right here, Lord. (laughs) There's no distance in prayer. I don't have to be there and lay hands on him. I'll just pray for him right here. God said, I said, go pray for him. And I've already told him you're on the way. In fact, I told him your name. I told him that a man named Ananias is going to go over here and pray for him. He'll get his sight back. So you better get yourself on over there, boy. And Ananias thought this all over. And I'm going to tell you now, he didn't want to go. Even when the Lord told him, why would he want to go? Don't you believe that if I'm at home and you're at home, you can pray for me at home? You don't have to come to my house to pray for me? Well, you don't, just to make sure you know. You don't. Unless the Lord tells you, you better go over there to 1700 Cologne and knock on his door, ring his doorbell, and pray for him. And if God's told you, that's what you need to do. So Ananias didn't want to go pray for Saul, but he knew that the Lord was telling him to do it. And so he gave up his own will. He settled his own fears. Well, maybe this is a trap. Maybe he's just trying to get Christians to gather in around him, and he's going to grab them all, tie them up, throw them in prison. Maybe he is. But the Lord has told me to go, and God has asked me to do something that I would rather not do. Has God ever asked you to do anything that you didn't want to do? Has he ever spoken to you about doing something that you really preferred? Lord, if I had my choice, I'd just rather not do that. Just, just, just omit me this time and pass on to the next guy. And God just won't leave you alone. Because once you said, what do you want me to do? What would you have me to do? Speak to me, Lord. Oh, oh, wait a minute, I didn't mean to tell me that. I just want you to encourage me. Tell me what a great Christian I am. I just want you to lift me up and tell me you're going to prosper me and bless me. 
I didn't want you to give me a charge to go do something that I don't want to do. After all, what do you expect of me? I'll tell you what he expects of us. You know what it is. He expects obedience. He expects us to do what he's told us to do. Now, if you have heard something outrageous from God, I suggest you check it out. I mean, really, if you think God has told you to go over there and climb up on top of Publix and wave a red flag and everybody that looks at this is the blood of Jesus, if you think God's told you that, I'd say you ought to get a little counsel. Sure. And, and I'd be glad to counsel you. you know. But I'll tell you this. When God says there's somebody I want you to go speak to about Jesus, and I've got that person's heart ready. You need to go speak to them. It may be somebody you don't like, somebody you've already had a clash and a conflict with. You say, why would they listen? You can think of every reason not to do it. But if God's told you, if God has told you to take up a mantle in the body of Christ, has told you, you need to become a prayer warrior. There's the, what you need to do is to start your prayer life again and build it again. If God has told you that you need to share his word with somebody, Go to someone and bring a word of encouragement and a blessing. Be careful. Know that it's God. But when you feel deeply, profoundly in your heart that God has spoken to you, you must obey Him. And you will not be blessed if you don't. But you will be blessed if you do. That's what God said right here. So, Saul of Tarsus really believed that he was a, he was a great man. Now, before he was Paul, when he was Saul, you know, he was a great follower of the law. He explained this to the Philippians in chapter 3 of that epistle, telling them about himself. But by that time, he was saying, this is what I gave up for Jesus. While he was still Saul of Tarsus over there in Damascus, he still believed these things about himself that made him great. This is what he wrote about himself to the Philippians. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Then he said, but I gave all that up. That was nothing but dung. That's nothing but garbage and trash. And I gave it all up for Jesus. But while he's still over here in Damascus, he's still thinking about himself that way. What is this about this man knocking me off of my horse and throwing me in the dirt? Getting me looking like somebody nasty that not even ready to go into polite society. And then leaving me blind, of all things. He could have resented it. But you know something? There was such a mighty work of God's power and grace that had been done in his life, he couldn't think of anything but good about Jesus. And when he's done something in your life, he speaks to you about doing something. And that, that seemed like a simple thing. Go over here and wait for somebody to come and pray for you. But for a man with the haughtiness of Saul, a man with the elevated position of Saul, and who thought of himself very highly, as he said, that was really something to humble himself to do. But if he had not obeyed in that first instance, when the Lord said, I want you to go to Damascus and wait, 
A man named Ananias is going to come and pray for you. If he had not done that, we would never have had the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And if Ananias hadn't done what God told him to do, fear and trembling, never mind. He walked over to where Saul of Tarsus was. And when he walked in, he said, I am Ananias. Can you imagine what the first, he was with what is going to happen? I'm Ananias. I came to pray for you. He knew, all he knew about this guy, Saul, was what a terrible man he was. I'm Ananias, and I came to pray for you. And Saul looked up, though he couldn't see him, and welcomed his prayers. Pray for me. Pray for me. And Ananias knew then, at that moment, he knew he had heard the voice of God. He knew he had obeyed the voice of God. And look what that meant to all of us. Because of the obedience of Saul of Tarsus, because of the obedience of Ananias of Damascus, we have all the wonderful, rich, powerful revelation of the gospel that God gave to the Apostle Paul to transmit it down to us. Obedience. There is no way to know until the victory is complete, and it will be. There's no way to know what your obedience to God can mean. There's no way to know what your obedience to God will, will, will provide. There's no way to know what a great victory your obedience to God will bring to many until you've done it, you've faced the, the situation, you've gone against the tide, and you've stood up and done what God told you to do, and then God does a mighty work because of that. I'm going to tell you today, God wants to talk to you. God wants to speak to you. God speaks to people who are talking to him. And God speaks to people that he knows have an opportunity to obey him, have the ability to obey him. You have the right to say, no, I won't do that when God tells you. But listen, I'm going to tell you this. And, and, and you can say that I'm too far out on this if you want to, but I believe this, I believe this is true in my life. And because I totally believe it's true in my life, I believe it's true for the people of God. I believe God is concerned about every relationship that you have in your life. You may, if there's an illicit, ungodly relationship going on in your life, you need to hear the voice of God and stop it. If you are doing things that you know God is not pleased with, doing things, whatever those things are, something at work that you're doing, something in the hidden hours of darkness that you're doing, something that nobody else knows about you, knowing God knows. God wants you to stop it. That's obeying God. If there's something out there that you need to do, you need to go help someone. Because the Lord laid it on your heart. You said, I just can't afford it. Not only that, I, this person said something bad about me one time, and I sure don't want to go hauling something over good for them. Nothing should stop you from listening to the voice of God and obeying God when he speaks to you. I remember that was a time in my life when I really was so earnestly seeking God, 
I was asking God to show me his will. I've learned a lot about following God's will. It doesn't take a revelation now for me to know God's will. But, but in those days, I was just a, I was, in my, I, was, I was between my first and second year of college. And I was praying, oh God, I was called to preach. I knew I was called to preach. I didn't want to do anything else. I, I was called to preach. I wanted to preach. But nobody wanted me to preach. All of my friends, I'd stand around at meetings and preachers, the pastors, I'd kind of hint to them that I was available. You know, nobody even paid me any attention. Kind of let them know I'd be, I'd be glad to preach for them sometimes they wanted me to. Wasn't trying to get an offering. I just wanted to go somewhere to preach. Because I had a job I hated. I hated that job. I have never had another job in all of my life unless I might have been picking cotton when I was a little boy. But I've never had a job as nearly as an adult in all of my life that I hated as much as I hated this job. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I tell you, God could have given me anything and I'd have rejoiced at getting out of that job. I despised it. I, it was a job loading ammunition boxes that weighed about 70, 80, 75, 80 pounds apiece, loading them into semi-trucks to be hauled off to be filled with ammunition. I don't know why they got men, uh, young boys to do that, because I think men probably wouldn't have held up. <laughs> so we're loading those boxes every day, getting up in that hot truck. It just is overwhelming heat. And, 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 loads, and, I, and, and the, the problem was, it wasn't that I didn't want to earn money for school. I, I should have been thankful for a job. But, but see, the conflict was, I knew God had called me to preach. So how could God want me to be loading boxes on an old hot semi-truck when he had called me to preach? You see my dilemma? I said, God, you've called me to preach. I want somewhere to preach. Speak to so-and-so's heart. Speak to this pastor's heart. Talk to him about it. Call my name to him, Lord. So he'll remember me. So he'll think about me. I'll send him a little note, maybe tell him what a good guy is. Maybe he'll ask me to come. If nobody in, I knew in all of my acquaintance, nobody in one single church anywhere wanted me to preach on a Sunday or a Wednesday or even in a cottage prayer meeting. Nobody wanted me to preach. And I couldn't understand it. Oh, God, how can this be? God, show me your will. Show me your will. Now, that's what we want, isn't it? The will of God. That's what you want. The will of God. Because I wanted God's will. I wanted God to speak to me so I could obey Him. I couldn't hear anything from Him. I thought He'd speak to me about somebody calling me to preach in the church. See, I, I, was, I, could, I was imagining that somebody would have me come to preach for Him. I'd get there and preach. A great revival would break out. Then I'd have somewhere to preach right on until school started back, see? I didn't want to go to a lot of different churches. I was willing just to go to one and let God send a revival, keep me preaching the rest of the time. But he didn't send me anywhere to preach. He sent me all right on back to LaGrange, North Carolina. That old hot, stuffy job of loading ammunition boxes on that truck. And every day I got up saying, God, send me somewhere else. Today, he sent me right back over there to the same place. I wish sometimes God would tell me something different. When I first came here, I've never said how strongly I worried. When I went months and I didn't see like anything that was happening worth anything at all, I was praying, oh, God, this can't be it. This is not what I stop what you tell me. This can't be it. But more and more he assured me that it was. And as I told you, I'm, I'm over all that. I'm so happy that God 
kept me where he wanted me to be. But as I kept praying when that old nasty, nasty, hot, stuffy, sweaty job was going on, I finally came in desperation before the Lord. I went, I went by my bedside. I went to my bedside. One night, one night, I was thinking, oh, God, don't let me go back in the morning. Oh, God, stop me from this. Just pray, God, show me your will. Show me your will, oh, Lord. Please show me your will. I don't recommend anybody reading the Bible this way. It's happened to me three or four times that I've just opened the Bible and God has spoken to me. But I opened my Bible that night as I was kneeling by my bedside, crying out, praying to God, God, where I am, this can't be your will, where I am. Show me, please, what you want me to do. Help me to do what you call me to do. I opened up my Bible, and there it was. You saw the part of the sign coming in this morning, First Thessalonians 5. And I read it right there in front of me, like, like the light was on that no other part of the passage of the Bible. I read it. Rejoice evermore. Oh, God. Oh, God. It started off bad. Rejoice. I haven't rejoiced since I had this job. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Well, I've been praying. God, I've been praying for your will. That's all I've been praying, praying, begging, begging, begging. Show me your will. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Whoa. <laughs> and then the last part of it was the clincher. You know what the next part of it says? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I closed up my Bible. All right, Lord. All right, Lord. I guess this is it. This is what I'll do. I'll rejoice. I'll pray. I'll give thanks. Because you've told me that's your will. And that's what I started doing. And nothing changed. I'm going to tell you. It was still just as hot in that old place. And it was still just as hot it was before. Just as hot as it was before. It's just as nasty. Just as sweaty. It didn't relieve one drop of sweat from getting in it. I was just like I was before. But I had something in me that knew I was doing what God had told me to do. I couldn't understand it. Didn't understand it. Today I do. I've understood it for a long time. Because right after that, I went into my second year of college. I was called on to preach knew many times while I was in school, travel for weekends. Sometimes I travel for the school. And sometimes I'm just called to preach. I was invited to preach in revivals around the area, around the school area, around Royston, Georgia, Elberton, Georgia, the towns around where that little college that I was going to was located in Franklin Springs, Georgia. I was invited to preach all kinds of churches around there. I was invited to preach revivals, and I did. I was invited to go off on weekends and preach. The next summer, I had a full schedule people wanting me to preach. I didn't have to go looking for it. People just were asking me to come. And I will tell you why that happened. I know why that happened. Because when I came to the place, no matter what the circumstances were, no what it looked like, what I felt like, that I said to God, when you tell me this is your will for me, if it's just, if it's just to, re- to pray without ceasing, to rejoice, to give thanks, if that's all it is, Lord, that's what I will do. I will obey you. I will hear your voice and I will obey you. And then out of that, God got me ready for the great move of the Holy Spirit he began to give me in the months afterwards. And made a great power.
powerful difference in my life and my ministry. When I saw that if you're where God wants you to be, whatever the conditions are, if you're where God wants you to be, you're in the right place. If you're doing what God wants you to do, you're doing the right thing. If you're saying what God wants you to say, you're saying the right thing. And as God's Word, God's Spirit speaking to us, and when we hear that, we obey. Now, some of you are sitting right here knowing that God's speaking to you about something. He has spoken to you about it. He's still talking about it because you haven't done it yet. And he's going to keep on dealing with you about it until you decide, I'm definitely not going to do this. Lord, leave me alone. Or yes, I'm going to take this step. If some of if you would tell this issue to somebody else, they might think it's really inconsequential, but it's important to you. And I'll tell you why it's so strongly, it may be a very small thing. It may be a very small thing. But if it's a matter of God speaking to you, you're obeying that word from Him is the most important thing that you will do in your life in this present time. Obeying what God is telling you. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. I may be talking to every single person here. I may be talking to one or I may be talking to half. I don't know. All I know is I'm giving you a message that God has, a message that God has given me. And you need to settle. You need to settle it with God. You need to say, well, this is not really what I really want to do. That's not what Ananias wanted to do either. With good reason. He questioned it. But the Lord said, you go pray for Saul of Tarsus. And he acquiesced, agreed to what God told him to do, finally went and did that, and it turned out to be the greatest thing that could have happened to him and to Saul as well. So with all with all certainty, with all certainty, with all clarity, with all assurance, I say to you this morning, if you will obey God, nothing but good and blessing will come from that. You will not lose by obeying God. You're sure that you hear from Him. Do what God tells you to do. It may be, well, I hate to start saying things that may be, but I'll be touching on somebody that think He's talking about me, and I'm not looking around thinking about you and what's going on with you, but it may be something very personal. It, 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 it may be something that is well known. It's well known in your life. But you know God's speaking to you about it. Other people may not know that, but you know God's speaking to you about it. So what are you going to do about it? I decided a long time. That's not the only time I've had to decide that with the Lord. By the way, just because I learned that lesson then doesn't mean I was able to transpose it and, and apply it to every other time that I needed to know the same thing. I've had to be taught the same thing over and over, several things over and over by God, that I didn't quite get it the first time. You know, I should have got it all the first time and then and recognize every other application of it that came along. But it often hasn't worked like that with me. God's had to give me had to give me the same lesson more than one time. So I'm, I'm going to say to you, in case that you're thinking, well, I already I've already settled that. Maybe you still need to work on that and apply that lesson you've already learned to something else that's going on in your life right now. Amen? Amen. I'll tell you, 
I've delivered my soul to you today, and I believe that I've said something to you that is from God. Do you believe that? Amen. Stand with me, please. Everybody standing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to follow him and obey.